Welcome to the Mental Health Wealth Podcast. My name is Key Ford. I'm your host. And today we have the topic of anxiety. Again, as we start every podcast, I want you to know the things that we discuss here. I am not clinically diagnosing anyone. We're just simply going over the facts of the things that we're discussing. And if you are experiencing any of these things, please make sure that you seek the appropriate help. Uh, contact your local doctor, your local community health organization, anyone who can help you out with these type of situations. Anxiety is something that I would say all of us as Christians have, and just not just Christians, but also non-Christians. Anxiety is something that is a part of our lives. It is something that we're going to face as we continue to live this live on this earth and continue to live the life lives that we live because we encounter so many different things on a daily basis. If you're like me, um, I, I have a lot of anxiety sometimes when I, I drive in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know how many of you who listen to this will be in that same area, but every time I drive in Nashville, I'm always on the lookout for, you know what? Somebody's going to drive crazy. Somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to merge into my lane. What What happens if I miss my exit? And so I have all those thoughts going into my head, but at the end of the day, I'm, I, I can say that I'm pretty fortunate that I've never had an accident up in Nashville. I've never had an accident period while driving. So I'm, I'm definitely blessed in that, in that matter. And so as we dive in today, the first thing, what is anxiety? Well, it depends on who you ask and which definition you want to look at. I want to break it down in a, in a simple definition because when I look at it from this standpoint, it gets straight to the point us being anxious for things. Anxiety is a, is a mental and not only a mental, but also a physical reaction to a perceived threat that something is going to come in in small doses. As I stated, anxiety is, is quite helpful. It protects us from dangers, um, kind of gets the senses heightened and has us to focus our attentions on problems. But when anxiety becomes severe, that's when we know that we need to do something about it. As I stated, we're going to have different little little things that cause anxiety for us. But if we are living lives where we can't do anything because we're scared to go outside, we're scared to do we, we we're scared to do anything. If we do something that we're going to discuss a little later in this podcast, if we do something called fortune telling where we can that we can see the future, we don't do certain things because this may happen. Well, that's a terrible life to live. And it's also not the life that God has called us to live. When we read in the book of Second Timothy, we're reminded by Paul that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Again, we're not to let these things consume us. It's okay to go through the motions and to have the emotions, but we can't stay there as Christians. There's a verse, a few verses I want to read when we look at the book of Matthew. When we see our Lord and Savior as he is talking to the multitude and it's a verse that always reminds me about worrying and makes me feel a little bit better when I read these verses because we know where our help comes from. And we know that the fact that God has given us all things that we need. But I want you to see the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 24. He says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Yea, ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. 
Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? You know, that's a that's a good question. The birds are not are not worrying about where they're going to get food, where they're going to stay at, but God cares for them. And the same thing is true about us. He cares about us and he loves us. But I know that, again, we as human beings, we have so much that we go through and sometimes we do let the anxiety creep in. Now, of course, I'm not just going to give you all the negative side, but I want us to be aware of these things when we look at them because we're going to look at some symptoms and we're going to look at the different types of anxiety. And we're also going to notice some type of treatment that we can do upon ourselves, not a not taking medication, but we're going to look at something that we can do from a therapeutic standpoint. But there are certain cases where a person may need medication to help with their anxiety. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Let, let us read a few more verses because I want us to notice that Jesus gives us the key to overcoming anxiety and the problems of this world. He says in verse number 27, which one of you taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added unto us if we seek first the kingdom. If we want to overcome worry and anxiety, we have to continue to seek the kingdom. And again, being a Christian is not going to be an easy task. But we, if we have that mindset to seek the kingdom first, it will be all worth it. So let's dive back into our talk about anxiety. Let's look at some symptoms of anxiety. Some things that you should be on the lookout for if you are, if you are having anxiety. Uncomfortable or uncomfortable feelings of worry or uncontrollable worry, I should say it that way. Poor concentration, excessive nervousness, increased heart rate, sleep problems, upset stomachs or upset stomach. I'm sorry. Muscle tension, avoidance of fear. Now, the avoidance of fear is one that I, I really want to focus on because I believe, again, that's where the anxiety comes from. And that's where anxiety grows from. You know, there's a book that I have been reading called The Whole Brain Child. If you are interested in learning more how little little minds develop and also see the effects of trauma and, and anxiety and depression and all those things upon kids, it's a great read. I'll, I definitely suggest that one. And also another book that I have right here next to me that I've been reading, The Body Keeps the Score, is definitely another great read. But I want to look at this avoidance of fear and look at it from the standpoint of what happens with us as Christians. Because I believe that we experience so much fear or so much anxiety as Christians because of what we are called to do. Now, let me ask you a question. When was the last time there was a problem that you had with someone and you didn't have anxiety about talking to that person? about approaching that person about something that they had done wrong or something that was going on. Or it could be even a simple case that 
they they they, they hurt your feelings or they and you need to tell them how you feel were, were you anxious to do it were you were you eager to go and tell them that they hurt your feelings and no most of the times we're not most of the times we have a fear we'll say okay we'll put it off the next time or well now's not the time to talk to them and we come up with every reason to not get to that person because of our anxiety what about when it comes to spreading the gospel about taking that gospel message to our neighbors our friends and everyone who we come in contact with the people who we work with the people who we see at the ballparks the banks and all those places what stops us from telling them about the, the truth sometimes our anxiety kicks in because you know what we we we're we're fearful of what's go, of what they may say sometimes we're fearful that they may give us a yes and we don't know what to say as christians i want you to know that avoidance of fear is something that's going to cause a problem i want you to think about it like this when you have anxiety and then when you become avoid of you you avoid things that are scary or, or things you don't want to tackle when you finally get that relief, that relief is only going to be temporary because guess what's going to happen the next time that situation pose or pops up into your life? You're going to have that anxiety again. That anxiety is going to come back full force and you're going to be stuck in that cycle because we avoid things so much. When it comes to avoidance and, and anxiety, we have to realize that it is better to go ahead and tackle those things. You know, and again, this is on a this is on a case by case basis, because I know that there are some people who have been through things and we definitely want to be empathetic and sympathize with those who have been through things. If a child, if a person has been raped, if a person has has had a bad car accident and things like that, and we can go on and on with the with the with the different types of scenarios. But I want you to know that gradual exposure and that's one of the things that we'll talk about when it comes to what can help us a little bit of gradual gradual exposure to those things will help you know i can even think about myself when we went to the school of preaching i was terrified of dogs i was i was a very very afraid of dogs but now i'm not i'm not afraid of dogs now i won't if you have a rottweiler or if you have a german shepherd i'm probably still going to be a little leery of the dog i'll be honest with you but I'm not afraid of dogs like I used to be. I used to be terrified of dogs. Uh, one time I went to go help my friend Matt Jones. Um, if you know Matt Jones, Matt Jones is a great guy. At this time, he was preaching in Memphis, and he said, Hey, man, there's a couple that's moving, and I want you to come over and help us move. Now, Matt didn't tell me that they had two great dames in the house, and as soon as I walk up to the door, these two human-sized dogs walk out the house. And I about died. But I said, you know what? He said th this was good soil. He had been studying with the people and they told him he'll help him move. So I said, you know what? I'm going to cast my fear aside and I'm going to go ahead and go through. And you know what? We ended up moving them, got, got them all packed up and everything went good. And from that moment, from that day, a lot of the times when I faced dogs, I kept that thought in my mind because I was exposed to some good dogs, dogs that didn't even bark at me or try to bite me it helped me to overcome my anxiety of dogs because again little dogs i was not afraid of but big dogs big dogs had me to where i would be you know i wouldn't talk to some people or i wouldn't go to certain houses and so when it comes to the symptoms that we face from anxiety we have to get over those things because again if those things rule our lives they will keep us 
from doing what we're supposed to do as Christians. Again, those symptoms, uncontrollable worrying, poor concentration, excessive nervousness, increased heart rate, sleep problems, upset stomach, muscle tension, and avoidance of fear. You know, I seem to recall there was a verse that we just read in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus asked the question, who can add a cubit to his own stature? You know what? We cannot grow from worrying, but we can sure shrink ourselves physically and we can sure shrink ourselves spiritually if anxiety is driving the car. Now, again, a little bit of anxiety in small doses is helpful. It keeps us sharp. It keeps us out of danger. It keeps us focused. But when, again, anxiety is driving the car, it will take you further than you want to go and it will put you in a place where you sometimes have a very hard time getting out of anxiety. Now, let's look at the types of anxiety. Now, I've, I've pulled this from um, from something that I had been studying, um, as I've as I've said to you on the first podcast of the introduction. I work as a level three therapist for a company called Omnivisions. So I deal with children who are in foster care, children who have come from some horrible situations, some bad situations. But I will say this about children. Children are some of the most resilient people that you will meet. Children are very, very resilient because if I was abused every day, if, if things like that, if I was neglected, I don't know how. I would want to go to school and get all A's or A's and B's or still strive. But I see these children and some of them do have very, very bad problems. Some of them have trouble with anxiety. PTSD is the common thing that I see in a lot of our children that I serve. I have I have a I have a pretty big caseload. Well, it's starting to dwindle down finally. But a lot of the children that I see. They all the my teenage girls, they all say they have anxiety. They all say they have depression. But anxiety is the biggest one because they go to school not being sure of themselves. They go to school not knowing if they're pretty enough. They go to school wondering why did my my stepfather or my father or my uncle or somebody molested me. And then they see these other people and they start to build bonds and they wonder, can I really trust this person? And they, it's just all these different things that these children carry around with them. So anxiety is a real thing. But I said all that to say this, um, looking at just the, just three types of anxiety, we have generalized anxiety, we also have phobias, and we also have panic. So the definition of generalized anxiety is an increased amount of anxiety or worry in several areas of life, such as job responsibilities, health, finances, or minor concerns. Examples could be completing schoolwork, housework, paperwork, um, just completing small tasks. So those are your, your, general, your generalized anxieties, the things that you may encounter on a day-by-day -day basis. Now, all of these anxieties that we're talking about can happen in a single day or can be daily. But when I think about the anxiety from this point, I think about it just what happens from the day to day well what happens in our day-to-day -day lives now what are phobias phobias are very intense fear of a specific situation or object which is out of proportion to its actual threat for example a fear of giving speeches or of spiders could be considered a phobia now an example i like to use and it was one while we were studying the arc framework arc is a very very good framework when it comes to dealing with anxiety when it comes to 
dealing with relationships. ARC stands for the attachment, the regulation, and the competency. These are all things that are, are key in building relationships with our children and also with those who we're close with. And so when we look at these situ when we look at the situations of phobias, phobias again, they happen in that moment. So when it comes to like a fear of dogs or a fear of anything, I know I have a cousin who, for a lack of better terms, I say she's definitely scared of spiders. Uh, got to the point where it was so bad that a spider got inside of a car, and it was a, it was a pretty nice sized spider. It wasn't just it wasn't like a a black widow or brown reclusive or something like that, but it was a pretty big spider. She would not drive that car for a whole three months. So she had she was taking her father's car, and she was driving it back and forth to college. Sometimes phobias can get the best of people. Again, for myself, when I was bit by a dog, I know that it took me some time before I could just find myself to be around dogs because I would see dogs and I would panic and I would be, it would, I would even freeze up sometimes. One of the things that anxiety triggers is our flight or our fight or flight. Either we're going to fight or we're going to run or, or either we're going to freeze sometimes. And I'm pretty sure I have experienced all of them when it comes to my phobias that I had in the past. But we have to be able to move past those things. Now, what about the panic attacks? Panic is an extreme anxious response where a person experiences a panic attack. During a panic attack, the individual experiences numerous the individual experiences numerous physical symptoms and is overwhelmed by a feeling of dread. When your amygdala gets triggered or when it gets hijacked, then you have all these different emotions coming in at one time. It, it's like it's actually squeezing the life out of you. And therefore, a person may go into what we see or what we call a panic attack. That's why you see people who have to take inhalers and, and when, they, when they're wheezing because their breathing gets thrown off track and it makes their body shut down. And so anxiety can trigger all these things. And so we have to be cognizant of the fact of what anxiety does. Anxiety, when it controls our life, is not our friend. And it's something that we as Christians especially have to monitor and we have to watch. Because if we find ourselves leading a life that is just one of just, we, we're just fearful of just everything. Because if you watch enough TV or if you're on Facebook enough or if you're on YouTube or the internet in general, you will find something to be or something to have anxiety about, especially this world we live in today. So what can we do to help treat anxiety? Now, there are four areas. And again, this one worksheet that I'm looking at and something that I use quite to help develop my my clinical side outside of my supervision that I receive from my supervisors and just in the field experience. I use a website called Therapist Aid. And there's a lot of good tools on here, a good, lot of good things that we can utilize to help us to deal with ourselves, to, to be the best of ourselves that we can be. Now, again, the overall best thing that you can be as a Christian and read this book, which is called the Bible, that will give you all what you need because the Bible gives us all things that pertains to this life and the godliness, 2 Peter 1 and verse 3. But it's nothing wrong with having these extra things to help us out on, on the way to serving God and making our way towards heaven. So what can we do in the realm of treatment for anxiety? Now, again, there are five things I want to focus on. 
and I'm just going to, the first four, I'm just going to mention and give a description of them. And then we're going to look at the fifth one in a little bit more detail. So one of the first things I'll say, if a person is going to seek therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, or better known as CBT, is something that is very good for treating anxiety. CBT is a very effective treatment for anxiety during CBT. The unhealthy thinking patterns that create anxiety are identified and challenged. Oftentimes, CBT will also include components of exposure therapy and relaxation skills. Now, you heard me mention earlier about exposure or gradual exposure. Sometimes when a person gets gets to be in exposed to something in small increments and they see that it's not really that bad and they see that it, it's not what they thought it was they began to grow something that we develop when we have so much anxiety we develop something that are called or things or ideas that are called cognitive distortions cognitive distortions are are in in short terms they're, they're just irrational thoughts that kind of well, not kind of, they're irrational thoughts that influence our emotions. And when we have those cognitive distortions, it makes it hard to see that there is actually good in certain things and helps us and hinders us, I should say, in growing. So when it comes to CBT or cognitive behavior therapy, there is some gradual exposure and also relaxation techniques. Now, we're going to discuss more about relaxation techniques when we get to number five, but I just wanted to I just wanted to hit this one for a moment. Um, exposure therapy also um, to kind of just piggyback with CBT. I could have put these together, but I just wanted to look at them separately during exposure therapy. The therapist and their client create a plan to gradually face anxiety producing situations, thus breaking the cycle of avoidance with enough exposure. The anxiety loses its power and the symptoms diminish. Now, again, this is something that's going to be it's going to take some bravery it's going to take getting out of your comfort zone and stepping into those things. Because again, nobody, if you're, if you're afraid of snakes, they're not going to have you handling anacondas or, or, or pythons to begin with. It starts with what we call psychoeducation because knowing about something is very important. Psychoeducation is important when it comes to anxiety, depression, anything that's dealing with our psyche, anything that's dealing with the, the mind, and just how we how we live our lives. We need that psychoeducation so that we can be informed and know what we need to do to get better. Uh, relaxation skills, um, various techniques such as deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, and mindfulness provide immediate relief from the symptoms of anxiety. With practice, relaxation skills will become a powerful way to manage anxiety in the moment. Now, don't just think of relaxing that you just sit on the couch. Now, that's that is a form of relaxation. But and then don't think that you have to go be on a beach. I guess that's the better way I should say it. I know sometimes people say, well, I'm, I'm, I can only relax on vacation. Well, you know, you can find certain little things that you can do that are actually relaxing and that will put you in a good mindset. Um, one thing that I do that so that I don't bring home the woes from my job of dealing with so many different children who have different different backgrounds i one day out the week whether if i stop to just stop at a waffle house or just stop somewhere and maybe spend five or ten bucks and just have me a, a meal by myself that's something that i do weekly just to just to kind of gather my thoughts and just to be alone and so i won't bring home 
those woes to my family. So there are little things that you can do that are that are not expensive that you can relax and you can gather yourself with. Now, number five is one that, again, uh, medication that if if it's needful, if you need to get it, get it. But I, there's something that's important in this definition that I want to point out. When it talks about medication, it says medication can help control the uncontrollable symptoms of anxiety. But there's a however. However, because medication does not fix the underlying problems of anxiety, it is typical, typically used in conjunction with therapy. The need for medication varies greatly case by case. Now, again, medication is, is like putting the Band-Aid over a gunshot wound. I'm a firm believer if we can get in there and we can find out the underlying problem that it will be better for us. Is when you're dealing with trauma or anxiety. If you get to the underlying problem, that's what you need to treat. If you remove those things and learn how to conquer those things, you won't need the medication. But again, I'm not anti-medication. I want to make that be known because there are some severe cases where people need medication. There are some severe cases where people can't function without medications. There are people who take lithium who are bipolar and they have anxiety problems. There are people who take, I, I deal with a lot of children who take guafacin, um, small mood stabilizers just to get them back to where they need to be. Now, the last one is something that I spoke about earlier, but I want to touch more on it. And it's something that I, I want to share with you all. And I want to encourage you all just throughout your day. Um, there's something that something that you can do and it's called mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is a is a non-judgmental awareness of what's happening in the present moment, being present and knowing, seeing exactly what's in front of you, what's going on, what seems to be the pressing issue. Now, this includes the awareness of your own thoughts, your feelings and also your senses. So mindfulness is something that will help us to to be in tune with self. Self attunement is something that's very powerful. Now, something that I picked up off off one of my books I, and I, and I, that I wanted to share when it comes to the, the components of mindfulness. Again, there's awareness and acceptance. Awareness during is during during a state of mindfulness, you will notice your thoughts, feelings and physical sensations as they happen. The goal isn't to clear your mind or to stop thinking. It is to become aware of your thoughts and your feelings rather than getting lost in them. Again, it's, it's that type of moment where you're able to meditate and you're able to just to just sit and breathe and think. Now, when I when I'm in those moods or when I'm doing mindfulness, there is something I like to use called Headspace. It's an app that you can get. Um, and again, I'm not a rep for Headspace, but it's something that I use for myself, even when I'm driving, just to just to have me to think while I'm driving to, and to focus or even when I'm sitting here just needing that alone time. Get you some essential oils. Um, I know I have my lavender ones here. I, I got like a six variety pack here, but I broke my in, my diffuser, so I have to get a new diffuser. But in my office where I do therapy, and I keep a diffuser and I keep some essential oils and things like lavender or orange smell and other type of smells. That so when the kids come in, it, it kind of gets them alert, and that's what helps me and it helps me to be focused. So. Awareness is something that we need to be mindful of when it comes to mindfulness. But I will encourage you, if you have a chance, look up apps like Headspace or even Calm. 
Now, one of the big ones that we use in our home for our children every night when the children go to bed, um, they listen to one that's called Moshi. Moshi helps them to go, go to sleep pretty fast. It helps to calm them down. Some of them are stories. Some of them are songs. Some of them are just nature type sounds. But it's, it works really, really good for our children and it relaxes them and helps them to, to go to sleep. Now, let's look at acceptance. The thoughts, feelings, and sensations that you notice should be observed in a non-judgmental manner. For example, if you notice a feeling of nervousness, simply state to yourself, I notice that I'm feeling nervous. There's no need to further judge or change the feeling. Again, just being aware and accepting how you're feeling at that moment. Don't become reactive, but just be aware and accept how you're feeling and deal with it accordingly going, going forward. You know, when we look at these mindfulness techniques of like meditation and just mindfulness, there are some great benefits to it. Uh, mindfulness include uh, benefits include reduction of symptoms of depression and, and, and of anxiety, uh, improve memory, focus and mental processing speed, improved ability to adapt to stressful situations, greater satisfaction within relationships, reduce rumination or repeatedly going over a thought or problem improved ability to manage your emotions you know and again I, I definitely encourage mindfulness when it comes to someone who is who is struggling with anxiety if it is a big part of your life i i urge you and i beg you and i plead with you to to try it and just give it some time don't don't look at it as it's something silly to something that kids only kids can do adults can benefit from it greatly also Adults can definitely benefit from this because when you do mindfulness, you can sit yourself in a, in a, in a, in a place where you're going to meditate a quiet place. Could be, could be outside in your car. Could be at the park alone. Could be while you're fishing. You know, one of the things that I want to get back into doing is doing jigsaw puzzles. I love a jigsaw puzzle, man. If I had a place in my home where I could just sit me a table and just put my jigsaw puzzles where a child couldn't get to it. I will be in that room a lot with some music playing with my my essential oils going in my diffuser and make and just be able to be in that moment to just really think a lot of the things that we have brought into our lives has really affected us from being mindful and utilizing mindfulness and has added to our anxiety because we have our smartphones, our computers. We have all these different things that can pull us away, but we got to get back to being active without those things. I'm a firm believer that when it comes to our, our, our mindset, I, and I know that the world is changing, we're getting more technological, but we still have to be able to use those basic things because what happens when all the technology shuts, if, if it all shuts down, if something was to happen. So again, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I just want to say that we have to know how to deal with ourselves without those certain things get back to using our hands, using our minds, doing the physical games, because those things help us to stay rooted and help us to deal with our anxiety. But then, you know what I'm going to say? Also, the biggest thing to help deal with anxiety is the verse that we read in Matthew six and verse 33, where Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Anxiety is going to present itself. But you and I have been given certain things that can help us out. The number one thing being our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came, who lived and died for our sins. 
and who is now risen again and who now sits on the right hand of the father. And we also can have use these little methods that we've been going through, such as mindfulness. And also one thing I want to want to add on to the mindfulness part is also using certain coping skills, the deep breathing techniques. I'm a big fan of deep of breathing techniques. I have to breathe whenever I need to regulate myself. If I've had a if I've had a session where things kind of get out of hand with a kid, I'll take a moment before my next session or if I'm driving to the next session, I'll take some deep breaths, some long, deep and hard breaths. No music going, just just breathing deep breaths or short breaths. Either way, whichever way you're going to breathe in and breathe out, they are very good for you. Those type of coping skills like that can really help you out blow out like act like you're blowing out some candles or even if you have some bubbles blow bubbles anything like that that we can use as far as coping skills are very very needful and very very good to helping us to achieve mindfulness and to combat anxiety i hope this 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 podcast is beneficial to you and again i'm not i don't want to diagnose you with anything but if you are having these problems if it's to the point to the point where it is so it is it is to the point where it's just conquering your life get closer to God and also seek help there's nothing wrong with a christian praying and also having a therapist again i thank you for tuning in to the mental health is wealth podcast next time we'll deal a little bit with depression and the symptoms of it and how we can overcome depression and we'll break it down just like we did with this episode about anxiety. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us, contact us, Facebook us, um, and I can I can get to you any type of way. If there's something that you'd like to leave a comment about, or even if it's a topic that you would you have a question about and you would like me to address it on the podcast, if if I'm able to do those things, I will be more than happy to assist. Thank you so much. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.